Hello, everybody. Welcome to Friday Night's After Show. What a fantastic week it has been. It's ending in a big way. Hi, LB. How are you? I'm well. I'm happy to be here. a big here. smile on your face. That's fantastic. Hi, Greg. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. I, I can't help but notice that we, we often wear all black, and today, without planning it, we are all wearing blue. Oh, I don't know what that means, but I feel like it's true. a good time. Very observant of you. We have a little Santa as our mascot today. Although maybe halfway through the show, I'll remove him because it's a little flippant. But it is kind of fun because it felt like Christmas, didn't it? Yes, to this morning and last night felt like Christmas. You know, firstly, we got the big news about Konstantin Klimnik, which was not news to any of us, but news perhaps to other people. Um, and uh, it was good. It was good to finally find out officially from the, uh, from the Treasury Department of all places that um, this man was, in fact, handing over um, campaign research to the uh, Russian intelligence services, which we suspected all along was what was going on. But it was nice to have that in black and white and kind of a fun way for the Biden administration to sneak it to us. Um, Greg, what was your reaction when you saw that? I honestly thought we already knew this. Um, I really I did. I'm like, I had to go back and look and say what exactly about this is new. And I guess it was the we knew that Paul Manafort, comma, the chair of the Trump campaign, comma, was besties and working hand in glove with Konstantin Kalimnik, comma, a Russian intelligence officer who specializes in election fuckery, comma. <laughs> we knew that, actually, that should be a semicolon. We knew that Paul Manafort gave him data, polling data. Right. But I guess some people didn't make the intellectual leap that after the Russian intelligence officer got the polling data from the chair of the Trump campaign, he then braced yourself for news, gave it Wait to his fucking it. bosses. Oh. I mean, can you believe Shocking. that the Russian no intelligence officer, having gotten this piece of intelligence, actually then gave it to someone who could analyze the intelligence? Amazing. It's so weird yeah. to me that that happened that now there's confirmation that um, the guy whose job it is to do the thing did the thing. And, you know, at least the, we know Russians did their job and uh, they should be grateful that we know that. It's also interesting to me that we knew all along that Oleg Deripaska was, you know, also involved in this whole thing. And Mr. Deripaska has a long history with the GRU, even though he's not officially their employee, he still is um, sort of their employee. So, um, you know, I'm surprised that that sort of wasn't factored into the whole thing as well, because Derry Pasca himself is considered a spy and working for the spy services. Yes, so. But it was cute. I mean, I must say, whoever put it in there, the way they did it, must have known us pretty well, must know us pretty well, because it was the kind of thing that, you know, over the last few years, I don't know if you guys have experienced the same thing, I'm sure you have, we are just dying for a piece of information just to help you finish the story. And then someone on Twitter just shows up with it and you're like, hmm. I wonder where that came from, uh, because, you know, it's just sort of interesting. And it's always on the open source. It's nothing like clandestine going on. It's always just, here's a little bit of information. And if you knew what you were looking at, you'd say, oh, that is really important. Um, and in this case, it was the kind of thing that, you know, only people who are so geeked into this world of, of Trump Russia um, would have found that line even, you know, even remotely interesting, because most people wouldn't even know who Konstantin Klimnik is. So I think it was... Uh, it was interesting the way they did it. I think it was a bit of a nod to everyone who'd been researching this project for for so long. Maybe. Um, look, uh, you know, I'm involved in my own stuff and have been for a while where I unpack, you know, a century's worth of, of history and characters uh, uh, around organized crime, 
are organized crime uh, gangsters uh, they, from the original ones to even the you know their cohorts and how that all evolved into transnational what what's called now transnational organized crime it's always been transnational shocker breaking news <laughs> heroin isn't heroin isn't grown in manhattan it had to <laughs> you know it had to come in from somewhere overseas probably so it's always been this way um but you know so it <laughs> the treasury department is they are our great great hunters of of criminals they really are they always have been um, uh, for the last hundred years, they were uh, they established their own intelligence operations before we had any official intelligence agencies within our government. Um, it was all the Treasury. This is what the Treasury does. They hunt the money. They they track this shit down. If you you know criminals aren't in in the business and the industries that they're in. Even spy criminals, they're not in it for uh, no money, <laughs> especially nowadays, right? So uh, Deripaska isn't doing his shit because he's a patriot. Um, he's a gangster. He's a mobster. He, he's, he, you know, and the Treasury has always been in there, in the money, watching the flow of money, and then understanding that if you want to stop these fuckers, what you have to do is cut off their money, cut off their flow of money, and that's how you actually disrupt an operation. Because no one's going to go through this this insane business of whether it's the rape trade or it's human trafficking or it's arms trafficking or the movement of nuclear material or even counterfeit goods, cigarettes. No one's going to go through any of, uh, with any of that if it's not there's not vast sums of money on the other side, and then they're not going to even go through with that if they can't use that money. So the Treasury is the very tip of the spear uh, in terms of how we can disrupt and also how we can investigate. So, you know, it's great. The team men are back, right? Uh, <laughs> they're back. Steve Mnuchin's out of there, right? Because it's all under the IRS. Yeah, He's out of there. And in income uh, in the, in, in the real inspector, the real investigators now can have their voice again. And they put this information out. I know that there's been some questioning of, and I think this is a good line of questioning of, have they always known this? You know, the answer to that is yes, of course, they've always known it. They've known it as long as we've known it, because this is what spies do. And because anybody who had any semblance of who Paul Manafort was, is and was, and what he was doing in Ukraine before he came and did it here for Donald Trump, understands well, who and what Konstantin Kalimnik is and what the Russian intelligence services are up to when it comes to other nation states and the fuckery in their elections. This is known. This isn't, we're not making this stuff up. We weren't making it up then. We're not making it up now. We've just been coalescing the information and bringing the story to people so they can understand and wrap their mind around it. The other group that has always known what what Donald, who and what Donald is, who and what Paul Manafort was, what that whole thing was about with his campaign, with Donald's campaign, and what they were up to, specifically what they were up to, uh, is everyone involved in the RNC and all the Republicans, mm. from elected officials to political operatives like Kellyanne Conway, who were part and parcel of the presidential campaign, of the uh, the Republican uh, National Convention and the convent in 2016 and what they were putting on their docket, all the changing of the Ukraine policy on Ukraine, all that. These people always knew. Yep. They're the ones who hired Fusion GPS to begin with. Mm -hmm. They're the one who knew he was in with organized crime, Donald Trump. They're the one that knew that Donald Trump was a Kremlin asset. They have known from the very 
beginning. 100%. Can yeah. I push back on something here just, just to be fair? Steve Mnuchin, oh. when he was at Treasury, did follow the money. He went to <laughs> Fort Knox and followed the money and was waiting for the eclipse light beam to radiate yeah. onto the gold bar. You know, he's the Treasury Secretary. He should make sure that it's there. Yeah. And also how he could get to it if he needed in a hurry. And clearly, anyone who's been paying any attention to this, and especially people who are inside the GOP, would know that Russia has been all over them with their rubles and, and uh, bitcoins for Decades, 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 decades. And it's not new to them, and it shouldn't be news to them that this is, in fact, what's been going on in their party. They've turned into a mob organization. They're, they are an organized criminal organization. That's what they are. That's what America has given the grand old party, a brand new brand, and it's basically the mob. So that's what we're stuck with now until we get rid of them. But we're, 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 doing, we're doing a good job so far. Or maybe we could do maybe a little we better. Should pronounce it, maybe we should pronounce it the GOP. The GOP, Like yeah. mob, GOP. You know, and put it in lowercase instead of GOP with these big capital letters. I'm so sick of them. I'm really, I'm sick of them because they really annoy yeah. you. As they, annoying as Gwyneth Paltrow. We could put an O in there and call them <laughs> And then maybe come up with a very smelly candle, you know. Of, uh, you know, maybe it's Maria Butina's uh, 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 smell, personal <laughs> smell, instead of Gwyneth Paltrow's. You can buy a goop candle. Butina you know, enthusiast. You know. I heard that term for Cotton, the first time. You know. Oh, or really? Tom Cotton. does Tom Cotton yeah. have a smell? Oh, that lady had a moment this week. Who, oh, Bettina? Arms, no, Tom oh. Cotton. Oh, that lady. Goodness. <laughs> I didn't miss, what did I miss this week? Did I miss something on Miss Cotton? I, she had a little tantrum. Um, uh, and because it, what was it was Mark Warner was saying, because they were c- trying to confirm someone. Of course, it was a woman of color. <laughs> of course, I think in the Justice Department. And Mark Warner was like, can you please let her answer the question? And he was like, <laughs> he Lindsey grammed out. He lady, he lady cottoned <laughs> out on, on Mark Warner. And, you know, uh, it got all ruffled. And then he came, went and did a speech. And he was all, he was very. It seems ridiculous that he's so upset about these things. Uh, you know, we have to appoint people and they aren't all going to be white. It's just the nature of things. It's their job. It's their job to just do this stupid shit. That's all they have. They have this performative shit, this act that they do. And that's literally all they do. It's the old, it's the shell game. You know, they're creating this noise so that we look at them and not all the fucking money that's being stolen out the back door. That's what it is. That's all that it is. Every time these assholes go up and say something, you know, Marjorie and the other one voting against the cancer thing this week. It's just performative. That's all that it is. They just 100%. want us to pay attention to it and get enraged. And, you know, that's it. It's, it's I'm a beginning joke. to think the Matt Gates thing was a, was a big uh, distraction, but we'll, we'll, we'll wait to see if that really turns into something bigger. I think I it might. Know. Yeah. You're going to do a little performance for us, the two of you. I, I was excited to I, hear. I was invited. So. Is it time? I mean, I would like to see it. I've got some big news on okay. Eric Prince coming up. But um, we're going to hold the audience for that. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do a performance because it yeah. is in this general wheelhouse. I, right. Oh, good. Okay. So just to set this up, Greg Oliar, the fabulous director of plays, um, is uh, and I are going to do a dramatic reading of the transcript that was recorded from the 2016 of Paul Ryan and Kevin McCarthy and a woman named something something Rogers who's a congresswoman who actually had I just discovered this Liz Cheney she's from Washington I think she had you know the position Liz Cheney has in the in the house now 
um, this woman Rogers had it before Liz, Liz Cheney. So she was a big, important figure, uh, probably still is, as a congressperson. We just don't hear about her that often. And everybody knows this is yet another one of the sort of gaslighting or distracto ways that the the media reported on this particular conversation because in it, Kevin McCarthy has that fi- that fabulous line. Um, I will try to deliver it with as much Kevin McCarthy as I can about um, who Putin pays, right? But mm-hmm. what I want to bring to everybody's attention, and I've been trying to bring this to people's attention, and it very much ties into uh, what we've gotten out of the Constantine Kalinic revelation, which wasn't a revelation, out of the Treasury Department this week, is that the Republicans, the Republican leadership, especially in the House, knew full well what Paul Manafort had done in Ukraine for Vladimir Putin to help install and, and continue to corrupt the politics on behalf of Putin's puppet at that time, uh, Viktor Yanukovych. Uh, so that's the discussion, everybody, that they're having. Um, and that discussion did not get covered, only the end piece. But now, knowing what you all know, knowing what everybody knows, now that Rachel Maddow believes that Konstantin Kalimnik was a spy and therefore would have Whoa. delivered this. I mean, it's unbelievable. She finally made the leap that the spy is taking the spy stuff to the spy place that he works. Um, I think it's important for everyone to, to hear this conversation and really take in and understand what the Republicans knew and when they knew it, which is everything. Okay, so I, I'm going to be everybody but Paul Ryan. And Mr. Oleyar is going to be Paul. And I'm going to be Paul Ryan, so I have my prop here. Okay. <laughs> okay. Unidentified individual. Kevin had the Ukraine prime, Ukrainian prime minister this morning. Oh, so he did. I just left him in the healthcare. Okay. This guy's a good guy. This guy's a pretty good guy. Okay, now I'm Rogers. Oh, I forgot to do my thing. Sorry, everybody. She has short hair. Here. Okay. Uh, is this the guy who's been there a while? No, he's new. He was the speaker of the... Their other prime minister got kicked out, right? Right. This guy's like the anti-corruption guy. This guy's there because he's the anti-corruption guy. He's the, He was the speaker... Oh, okay. And he's the one who was working on the amendments to the Constitution, independent judiciary. Okay. They got that in now. He's passing all these anti-corruption laws. How are things going in Ukraine? How are things going in Ukraine? Well... The Russians are bombing them 30, 40 um, um, shells a day, and the people, Crimea is gone, and they're trying to clean up the government to show that they want to be Western. So they're trying to prove to the Western world that they want to be Western or Westernizing so they can get support to get their country back. They're, everybody talks a good game on what they're doing, but he's passed all these anti-corruption laws. The question is, are they like executing i think by the summer they'll have it all done did he talk about their economy yeah this is about getting actual growth and not graft growth so no it's not good but i mean i went there a year ago it was like 
wow. These people are living, they're on the front lines. They're fighting for their freedom. It's a, their independence. He basically, he has this really interesting riff about people have said that they have Ukraine fatigue and it's really Russian fatigue because what Russia is doing is doing to us financing our populace, financing people in our government to undo our governments, you know, messing with our oil and gas energy. All the things Russia does to basically blow up our country, they're just going to roll right through us and go to the Baltics and everyone else. Yes. So we should not have Ukraine fatigue. We should have Russia fatigue. Yes. The propaganda. My big takeaway from that trip was just how sophisticated the propaganda was. It's very sophisticated. Coming out of Russia and Putin. Very sophisticated. Not just in Ukraine. They were once funding the NGOs in Europe. They attacked fracking. Correct. Russia TV, I was not, you know, I had it tuned into Russia TV until that trip. It's, uh, it's frightening. So he's saying they're doing this throughout Europe. So uh, this is this isn't just about Ukraine. So yeah, it is a a way. It's really a messaging. You know, they are. It's a propaganda war. Russia is trying to turn Ukraine against itself. Yes, and that's it's sophisticated, and it's a. Maniacal. Yes. And guess guess who's the only one taking a strong stand up against it? We are. We're not, but but we're not. I'll guarantee you that's what it is. The Russians hacked the DNC and got the oppo research that they had on Trump. <laughs> the Russians hacked the DNC to get oppo on Trump. And like delivered it to to who? There's two people I think Putin pays: Rohrbacher and Trump. <laughs> swear to God! Swear to God! Rohrbacher and hey, Trump! Hey, hey. Swear to God! This is an off the record. <laughs> no leaks. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this is how we know we're a real family here. That's how you know that we're tight. What's said in the family stays in the family. And so. Wow, so multi-talented. Very, very well done. Yeah. All right, enough of that. Um, well, that's really good. Very good. The McCarthy uh, line there was really well delivered. Really well delivered. Thank you. So basically what you're saying is that they knew all along. They're just sort of um, right. adopted it, adopted it as their own policy. Because the Russians were doing so well at yeah. it. Why not take it as their own? Yeah. Yeah, they knew it. They knew they knew Paul Manafort had run this. They knew Paul Manafort was now running the Trump campaign. Um, They knew all about Ukraine. They knew that it was Russia and Putin. They knew that there was a very sophisticated uh, propaganda machine. Mm. Very. I'd figure out, but they knew it existed and that would be nice to have. That's right. And, And everyone should remember at this time, too. Kellyanne Conway was coming on to uh, the Trump campaign or had been on there. Um, they were uh, about to head into their convention or they were, it was right around the time of their convention where they're changing. They knew this, then went in and changed the Ukraine policy. And there's 
the Russian ambassador Kislyak, right? And Paul Manafort and these Ukrainians that were corrupt and these Russians that were everywhere. And they knew what it meant to have Russians influencing changing of Ukraine policy. They understood all of this, all of yeah. it. They also knew what Cambridge Analytica was. They knew how, you know, when, when it went from Manafort to Bannon. And I remember the reaction that everybody had of, in the media of the time of like, what, Bannon? He's like a publisher of Breitbart. What does he know about running a campaign? Well, if you understood that Steve Bannon was part of Cambridge Analytica and Cambridge Analytica in terms of running an influence op, right, on the American electorate, district by district. And then you also understood that Kalimnik's not going to know what a certain uh, district in Wisconsin might be vulnerable to. He needs that information from, quote unquote, pollsters. Polling data is voter, de voter data, right? Mm -hmm. They had all the Facebook accounts. They had all this stuff. Manafort, right before he gets kicked out and Bannon comes in, Manafort's giving this data to Kalimnik. He's giving voter data. He's saying, these. here's what we know about the people in these districts. But it's only going to be meaningful to Kalimnik as well because you have Reince Priebus, you have the RNC, and you have Kellyanne Conway who understand where the leverage points are within Republican districts in the Rust Belt and across the country that they might be able to influence and swing stuff or repress the black vote, which was a big part of what Cambridge Analytica was up to. Don't let, you know, in Michigan, make sure you keep people home. That messaging needs to go out there. So the nuances of the American electorate uh, are going to be coming from the RNC, are going to be coming from the Paul Manafort's. And Manafort was from Ukraine to here, maybe not as up to speed with everything, but they had, you know, Kellyanne Conway, who had worked with Cambridge Analytica when she was on Ted Cruz's campaign. Now she's over with Donald Trump. And you have Reince Priebus, who runs the entire RNC. And you have people like Paul Ryan, you know, I, who knows what a hand he had in all of that, but he certainly understood all the dynamics. And he was the head of the, you know, the House at that point in terms of the Republican Party. That, Manafort had worked for our, politics in, in, the, in Washington. Manafort for, for of a man, you know I mean? It's like, he, so it's, he's, he's been around. Been, exactly. He's been around. It, it made sense to put him in there, although those of us who understood who he was were like, holy shit, torturous lobby guys and running the Donald Trump. Okay, this is a guy who works for gangsters all over the world. And very corrupt regimes and had just come out of Ukraine working for working for Putin uh, on behalf on behalf of Putin and, and those people in that conversation are acknowledging that so this then we get to that Manafort's out because the Deripaska stuff is start is threatening to leak and in comes Steve Bannon and it looks like a weird thing but if you understand that what all these people are talking about and what the whole strategy for Donald winning was to have the Kremlin's participation aid and help in running influence operations like they had run in Ukraine, specific targeted influence operations down to the district, down to the voter, showing up in people's fucking phones, for God's sakes, everybody, onto their Facebook page, onto like drilling in with the propaganda, just as you heard Miss Rogers uh, explain there and Paul Ryan acknowledged that he understood, right? That's what was happening. Then Bannon, that's what the panic was. If Manafort's out, because he's the guy who knows how to run these sophisticated influence influence ops on the Kremlin's behalf, and he's the one connected to the Kremlin, if he's out, who can come in and take his place in terms of running this? Because it wasn't going to be Brad Pascal and Jared Kushner, no matter how much they wanted everyone to think they're geniuses. You need to have somebody in there who understands how to actually run these influence operations 
when it comes to propaganda that's generated out of a troll farm. And because of his long term and how to do the demographics and targeting through the social media, because of Steve Bannon's founding of Cambridge Analytica, he had a very intimate knowledge about how that all would work, and he became the natural person to replace. If we look at that campaign as an influence operation backed by the Kremlin, which is really essentially what the Treasury Department came out and confirmed this week, um, then all of it makes sense. All of it. Yeah, I mean, it sure is clear that that's what they were after, was that influence capability. Um, go ahead, yep. Greg. I was going to jump in with something, but go ahead. Oh, just a quick takeaway. Yeah. I mean we have a tendency to sort of cast most of the blame on the usual suspects here, the real obvious traitors. But like you said, LB, Paul Ryan was the speaker of the fucking house. He knew exactly what was going on. Not only that, during the first two years, he kept Devin Nunes uh, as the chair of the intelligence committee in the house. That's right. He was part of the gang of it. So Paul Ryan is absolutely just as complicit as Nunes and any of these other fucking traitors. And he like, he left, to spend more time with his family or whatever the fuck it was, that Join guy Fox News. is is guilty. He's gu- whatever everybody else is guilty of. He is also guilty of. Um, yeah, I, I you know no he he left. I, I guess it wasn't the the masturbatory fun he got out of denying people health care uh, wasn't enough for him. He needed to try his hand at something more evil, I suppose. But <laughs> they, they like to pretend that that guy is somehow a policy wonk and some sort of genius and he's no. he's a dipshit idiot and he's just as evil as the rest of them despite his whatever um it's so true you know, yeah. i mean you can the, the way you know is that, that he's he's he, he still thinks ann rand is great even though he's not in eighth grade <laughs> exactly and you know and and kelly and conway i'm sorry this is like the other thing about this that was so frustrating for us we've been getting seeing all of you in our audience we've been seeing all of you you know, tweet our stuff and, and some of you sending us DMs and, you know, oh, you must feel so good about the fact that it's all now confirmed yet again for the 8,000th time. And I don't. I feel numb. Um, I, I feel exhausted. Uh, I had to take a nap today because it just is so much for, uh, you know, to just sort of think that how hard this has been to try to get this narrative out when we could have had the fourth estate helping us and and they're now taking this position and and greg and i talked about this earlier today of like okay so you have the gun that's a murder the murder was our republic was this campaign right and the kremlin's help the collusion right which was really just a conspiracy and accepting foreign aid and help that instrumentally uh, moved the election for donald trump okay so do we prove that can we prove that will Mueller prove that oh Oh, we don't have the proof yet. Okay, Fusion GPS has all this stuff, but and the Republicans paid for it, but they must not know any of this. You know, all this, all this gaslighting, all this horseshit that we've been subjected to all this time, coming from our media. And so, my question is, who was on the phone with them? You know, aggressing them away from all of this evidence. Because here's what we had: if it was a murder in that metaphor, I'm sorry. I know we have a lot of gun violence right now, guys, but I'm going to go for this because it's the best metaphor I have. I, I, I could use a knife. I, I don't know. So you've got the gun. It's still hot. You've got fingerprints on the gun. You know whose fingerprints they are, and you actually have the gun registration registered to the Kremlin. You have the bullets, right? And and Donald co co ownership. You have the bullets 
um, that came out of the body. You have the dead body. You have the shot body. Oh, we've got that. We've got the bullets. We have the forensic evidence. We know that this was all exactly what we said it was. Now we also have ca- we have the footage. We have a camera. We saw it all. Remember that. We saw Kalimnik, we saw, they're in the, you know, we have Helsinki, we have the footage of the whole thing. We can watch it over and over and over again. We can keep watching this thing. And we have the signed confession, right? Uh, Transcripts of them having the conversation of what they actually did. We've got all of that. And yet, they couldn't report on it like this because there's something mysterious still that we didn't know. So my question is, well, who's calling you, telling you you can't report on this this way? Because they knew. Is it, was, is it the murderer? Are you taking calls from Kellyanne Conway? And she's aggressing you? Or the attorneys for the murder? Or Donald himself saying, you better not say that. You can't say that. You can't conclude that. Who's, who was in there with our big news organizations really pressuring them not to report on this appropriately? I think it was the murderers. Well, they, they all would like, have said, they would have said, we have, you know, the Mueller's still out there investigating. You can't reach that conclusion until Mueller has spoken um, or something to that effect. I mean, that would have been an approach of theirs. And of course, you know, why wouldn't they try that? Uh, saying, you know, the, we can't, you can't. But why are you listening judgments. to it? Why are you listening to it is driven, the problem. I why mean, are you listening to it? Is why no are you listening to the murderers? Well, this is this notion of balance, this ridiculous notion of balance. It's somehow Americans feel like. Balance is going to solve this problem. Balance introduces a bunch of nonsense into the news because there's there's either the story or there's not the story. If you're going to tell the story, but then you have to include the not the story part of it for balance, guess what you get? You get a whole bunch of lies stuck in the middle of the news because anyone can give you whatever they want. So the GOP can sit there and say, well, you know, it wasn't uh, it wasn't a meeting. We were dancing or whatever. And then get away with it because it's an alternative opinion. It's a it's another way of looking at things and supposedly gives you balance. It does not give you balance at all. It just introduces another factor into the into the story and actually takes away from this idea of truth, which is really there's mostly mostly it's kind of easy to figure out what the what the actual um, timeline was and what the events were. It was pretty easy to figure all that out. It was pretty clear what was going on. It didn't require a lot of surgery or brain surgery or a lot of uh, of sourcing from from you know these clandestine sources it really didn't need all of that everything was out there in the open source you could just put it together present it but because they felt like they needed this alternative or at least a balanced point of view they'd go out to the gop or they'd go out to the trump administration and say well tell us what do you think and suddenly they have to incorporate that into their story and push it out to the masses creating enough confusion for everybody to to just delay the truth from uh, becoming apparent to everybody it's really uh, a, a big challenge in the news business the level of of gaslighting, and I know if we want to get to to your uh, your Prince thing, but yeah. quickly, the level of gaslighting, like looking back on it now, I I, I went back and read through my book uh, today a little bit just to see if what I you know how much I got in there, and there's a lot of things that I missed, but at the end of the day, like at that time, we weren't trying to say here's the overarching plot. The Republican party is doing this and there's Q and uh, Facebook is that we didn't know the extent of it yet, but they met with Russians and lied about it over and over yeah. and over. It was oh, such a enough. basic gaslighting. Like they met with Russians, people in the campaign met with Russians during the campaign, Kremlin, during the transitions. Yeah. yeah. Kremlin spies, people close ties to Putin. Yeah, yeah. operatives for him through the transition after he mm-hmm. became president. All throughout that period, this is not something that's supposed to happen. And then they fucking lied about it. I have a thread. I'm not going to read oath. it now, but I've got a thread on the twitters. 
of quotes of all of these people just fucking lying about it. That's not true. It's not this. And to your point, Zeb, they showed this shit. This, these lies. They're fucking lies. Yes, you did. People in your campaign did. Paul Manafort on TV saying, well, there's no contact with the Russians. Your guy that you work with is a fucking KGB dude, man. What are you talking about? I mean, <laughs> are you? Yeah. It, I mean Manafort you know, is, it, is a Russian operative. That's who he works it, for. He was running the like campaign. It's like Matt Gates being like, it's you know, I, that's I, don't, story. I don't like, I don't, I, I'm a celibate, you know, Matt mm. Gates. No, you're not. We know that that's not the case here, man. We're not dumb. But the, the level of gaslighting is so private, like the, the almost the, the, the most basic fact was something that they immediately denied, which is something he did. Trump, I'm talking about mm. the first goddamn press conference that Sean Spicer had was lying about the size of the crowd at the inauguration, which seemed ridiculous at the time, but also ominous at the time yeah. because Trump was asking him to just create this, not this untruth that everybody watching knew was bullshit. And he did it. And that guy's a fucking traitor too, by the way, Sean Spicer. Mm-hmm. Fuck yes, you. he is. Well, the whole we've been subjected to this like disinformation onslaught that has completely changed the reality of our existence. I mean, we just, you know, the, what we know is true and real, and what they've been pushing at us, and this includes all the major networks and everybody else for the last four years is is just a it's just a fog. It's just a fog of information, and we, it's hard to tell now. What president? Hmm? The president of the United States yeah. was a Kremlin asset. Yeah. yeah, exactly. The president of the United States was a Kremlin and asset. What won't they run? They still won't put Craig Unger's book on on TV on, on on major networks. The one confirmation we've all been wanting about the fact that he's a Russian asset is available in those pages of that book. And Craig Unger cannot get booked on MSNBC. I'm sorry, I shouldn't be saying it. I'm just going to say it. But it's you know it's a lot of bullshit. That's not the way that organization should be running, or any TV organization should be running. Certainly not an, an, an organization that claims to be reporting the news. Uh, so, you know, they can criticize Fox News as much as they want. They're just as guilty over at MSNBC of covering up the facts. Uh, and then, you, you know, there are some great voices there and some great reporters there. But it's really sad that even MSNBC has become just another corporate body of news. You know, that there are there is no real independent television news in, in the United States. Most of it is, is sort of corporate controlled or advertiser controlled. And that means it's very hard to get um, your voice in there, especially those local TV stations like Sinclair that are owned, owned by Sinclair. I mean, that's a Russian owned information service that's broadcasting supper hour news into everyone's homes at six o'clock every night. It's just not, you know, we're not gonna, you don't get to win the war if that's, uh, if that's what you're letting people do. Narrative is funded by viewers like you. Support our independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative.